This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I got a question for you. Do you take social media breaks and what do they look like? And have you noticed any benefits from them? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Uh and you know, do you know what made me think of this, Brad? I do actually. Well, because we talked about it just yes. yesterday, in fact. Now, I couldn't remember if Stacia Rice said this on the radio or if she said this off the air to us. But our guest yesterday, our friend Stacia Rice, uh, she said that she has does not use the social media anymore. Because she's smart. And I well, th- and I think she <laughs> said she was taking a break, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. She's taking a break from a lot of things, and social media was one of them. And, you know, she did say that, like, she feels kind of more relaxed and not as anxious. Mm-hmm. And then today, I stumbled upon an article about a social media influencer who I don't know, because I don't pay attention to influencers <laughs> yeah. very much, but her name is Katie Bowie, and she's she actually, and her job is to influence on social media. Yeah. She takes a full no social media Sunday. Mm. So she blacks out completely on Sundays because she felt like she was not living her life. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, and I don't have like a policy, like I'm not one of those people that's like, my policy is blah, blah, blah. But I've just noticed that over time, and generally speaking, unless there's something incredibly fun or different or unique, or hey, look at this world um, on a Sunday, I'm not spending a lot of time on Twitter or Instagram. Um, I'm not even consuming it so much as even thinking about posting on it. Right. Um, sometimes that's the whole weekend. Again, it really just depends on what my weekend is. But mm-hmm. I will tell you, it is so delightful to hear uh, to sort of get through the day and and not have to just even think about it. Yeah. It's sort of like it's just nice to be unplugged. There's not that anxiety of. Oh. Um, you know, feeling like you have to look at it, you have to, you're missing out on something. Right. Uh, so I can't recommend it highly enough. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Have you ever taken a social media bla- break? And what benefits have you seen from it? When I had my other, my, I had a phone that stopped charging, and yeah. then I had to get a new phone. I had to replace it. So on that old phone, though, I didn't have the. I didn't have. I didn't have Twitter. I didn't have Facebook. I did have Instagram just because the functionality of posting that elsewhere is not easy. Yeah. So I just was like, I, I kept Instagram, but I had it like on my last swipe page and I loved it because I found myself not going to my phone when I didn't need to mm-hmm. doing that mindless scrolling. Uh, and then when I got my new phone, when I was downloading all of my apps, 
I just was like, oh, I'll just put those on there. So now they're on my phone and I notice it. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And it yeah. and it it is it is frustrating. But during that time when I didn't have it, I realized I was paying more attention to what was going on around me. Yeah. And I loved that. You uh, you told me that. And I, I don't I think it was earlier this year. You said that. Nope, I don't have it on my phone. And you said, if you do, you use it only on your computer. Yeah. And I did that. And my sister did that. And it's it's I don't know. You have to do it to notice the difference yes. in your life. It's you can't just take it from other people. Just do it yourself. And then it there is a very, very decreased level of anxiety. Yes. Yeah, And I, I just I just think it's because people bring a lot of toxicity to online and you don't realize that you can transfer that stuff. And I think once you just cut that valve off. Yeah, you take yeah. it on. Yeah, but you got to do it to, to experience it. Right, so. to see the difference. Mm-hmm. Well said. Were you going to add something? <laughs> that I mean, that's basically yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, the anxiety is just so much more, um, or it's so much lessened when you're taking that time off. I did have a friend ask me one time, she was like, why don't you ever like you know, my Instagram posts. And I was like, I'm a lurker. This is what I've learned. It's like, I, first of all, I post and usually post and run. And I do that on Twitter too. Like I don't engage much on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I will like think of something and I'll go like, Oh, I'm going to tweet that. I haven't tweeted in a while or whatever. And then I'll tweet it. And then I just like move on with my Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And my husband works with social media for a living. Mm. And he will talk to me about what kind of engagement tweets have gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, I'm for like, sure. Your I don't. Far more. I don't know. I don't care. The social media um, landscape, for yes. sure. So it. So and you know, here's the other thing. And this is what this article by this social about the social media influencer kind of uh, like illuminated for me. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I will say, "Oh, I can't shut off social media because of my job." But that's not true. If a social media influencer can shut down her social media. Well, it's just like any job. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. You have, you have boundaries within your job. So, I mean, you have to pick for yourself what those are. I mean, it's just not, you, I mean, feel free to, to not create boundaries where social media is concerned, but you're going to see the, you know, the outcome. You're, you're just, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up. You're going to resent it. You're not going to, it's just going to get stale and it's not going to be something you are, you know, feeling buoyed by so i'm it's in your best interest to create some sort of boundaries around social media for yourself i i imagine most people do this without even thinking honestly there are times and places they give themselves permission to disconnect um at least if they don't they absolutely should um you know what apparently everybody else is so busy on their social media (laughs) no they took a break honey yeah or they're doing the lurking with the listening well that works (laughs) whatever you're doing just it's something to think about though because uh because you know what this um what the social media influencer katie Bowie said about this no social sunday that she's created for herself is that it made her aware of how much she was missing out on Mm -hmm. and how much she actually enjoyed the world around her and the life she was living when she could put down the social media. Yeah. And it, it takes up more time than you think. It's weird because once I, I had, I, I, this is going to sound weird. Once I cut it off, I had actually had more juicy stuff to post about. Yeah. I felt like when I was, cause you were doing things. Yeah. I felt like when I was connected all the time, it was like kind of starved for stuff to post about. But when you actually can get away from it and go enjoy the ice cream and the conversations and stuff, I feel like you have more ju- juicy stuff to share in the first oh, place. Oh, it reminds me of when scrapbooking got to be so big <laughs> and people would be scrapbooking all the time. Like mm-hmm. I got, I'm going to meet with my scrapbooking group and we're going to scrapbook and then I got to go to the scrapbooking store. Yeah. And I remember thinking, 
so many people spend so much time with their scrapbooks. I don't know if they're taking pictures. They're not actually enjoying the moment. They're not going to be able to scrapbook anything because they're so busy with the scrapbooking. That that I think also is just a function of our age and our um, place. I I imagine young people have just innate boundaries with social media in a way. They're able to um, maneuver through social media in a way that's far less complicated and far less cumbersome. So it's just natural for them to like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to turn that off or it doesn't take them as much to get through social media right. the way it does for us. It's for us. We're like, Oh, this is an imposition. Well, it is something I have to engage where yeah. you know, for them, it's ubiquitous. It's just been around since, you know, they were born. So yeah. I imagine they probably, we could probably learn a thing or two with the way young people engage social media. You're probably right. Cause it just is an extension of how they socialize. Right. Mm-hmm. But part of what frustrates me. And one of the reasons why I can't stand Twitter, I like things that I can finish. So like I like to read books because I can read to the end and then mm-hmm. I know I'm done. Yeah. It the never ending nature of it is like gives me anxiety. Yeah, you mm. you feel like you can never get off the hamster wheel. You never reach the bottom of Twitter. And it frustrates uh, me. It drives me crazy. Okay. And so I just like gotta put it away. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, I'll tell you what we're gonna put away. Some food. I am very excited. I don't know how you're sitting next to the food that we have. Well. Brought into the studio. Let's go to break so we can come back. Okay, y'all are going to be very excited about this because everybody's been talking about this new item from Pizza Hut. We'll tell you what it is and how it tastes after this on My Talk 1071. I love Fridays. Oh, thank God we made it. TGIF on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And uh, on Fridays, we get real excited because. We like to find excuses to eat, and Friday's just another one. It's cheat day. Dirty rotten cheetah. Cheat day. We have been looking forward to this all week long. I'm so excited, and I don't remember. I think I saw this first on Twitter and then furiously ran to PizzaHut.com to make sure that it was available. Um, and sure enough, this is a real thing that we can order, and you guys can actually join in on. Uh, the experience, if you so choose, choose, if you so choose, and that's the Pizza Hut stuffed Cheez-It pizza. It's for a limited time only, so, so you're going to have to act fast. When you said Cheez-It pizza to me, yeah, I said, that is fake. Somebody has trolled us. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Because like these Franken foods, like I just felt like I was, I checked the calendar. Is it April Fool's Day? It's not. What was this in response to that Pizza Hut got wise and decided to stuff a cheese it with pizza? Um, I wait. What was your question? Like, how did they come up with this in the first place? Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, what the uh, talking heads uh, were thinking about when they actually got in a boardroom. Um, but essentially, what you have it to me looks like a giant ravioli. If the ravioli were a giant cheese, it or if you think about a cheese, it about the size of uh, what would we say that's the size? Like, like it's like, like a half, a, half a pop tart, half a pop tart. Sure, yeah, that's a good size. Um, so half a pop tart, and it looks like a giant cheese. It. It's got the you know trademark hole in the middle. It's you know it's the cheese it color. It's got the little crimped edges, but inside, inside. Oh wait. There's more. In fact, there are two kinds you can order. There's a cheesy one and a cheesy pepperoni one. And so essentially, you've got this flaky, cheesy crust. And inside, you've got ooey gooey uh, mozzarella cheese mm-hmm. with, uh, in one case, bits of pepperoni. And it's served 
uh, with a marinara sauce. Okay, I'm going to try the pepperoni one first. Okay. I will say there's a disappointment in the room because the cheese isn't as stretchy. But I think that that's, I think, I don't know, maybe that's because of the fact that it was delivered and it's, yeah, well, it's been sitting here bit. for a while, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're eating it, you're putting it in your mouth. I mean, I will say it looks and uh, it smells kind of like a cheese, eh? It does. What does okay. it taste like? First of all. And you dipped it in the marinara? Oh, yeah. Here's the deal. We heard that there were people, maybe some that we know, that apparently couldn't even swallow it because they were gagging. They thought it was so gross. If you're expecting it to taste like a piece of pizza, mm. it's not going to. So don't have that expectation. It is going to taste like something you've never had before, but it literally does taste like a cheese. it that oh buttery, God. cheesy, yummy uh, outer situation and a pizza stuff in the middle. It's so delicious oh my God, but really don't good. think you're gonna eat a pizza because that's not what it is no right? i don't know what this this yay who was talking about donna and steve apparent or no it was it was elizabeth steve and, and elizabeth steve on like twin it. cities live uh-huh i don't know what's wrong with them but they're they're wrong. missing the boat because that is real good oh. it melts it melts in your mouth so the here's what i was worried about oh i think i love the cheese one better than the pepperoni one um here's what i think i love about it so the crust is cheese it and the cheese it is buttery and crumbly and kind of melts in your mouth. It's toasty and crisp. Yes. And then you get all of the like pizza se- seasoning. So it kind of tastes like like a pizza cheese it. Yes. But then you get the beauty of a blanket of molten cheese. It's so good. Sonny, what do you think? Mm-mm. What? Mm-mm. Why? What well, is it about it that you're not super excited about? It smells funny for me. Okay. I and get then, it. And then... Um, I don't even think it really smells, though. Does it's, it? It's, it smells funny. I'm so okay. busy tasting it. I don't the bread. smell anything. I tasted the cheese and the pepperoni. The pepperoni tastes better than the cheese. Oh! And I just... Bradley and I are still going to town on these. I mean, I would eat. So here's the thing. An order comes with four of these things. So and it's like about the equivalent big. of like two Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. about seven and a half bucks. That's not I'm bad sorry, y'all. I love this. If I were in college, oh my god! Oh, yes. I, well, first of all, I would have a hard time not ordering about three orders of these, right? And for myself, I can eat like a pizza. So let's be real. Okay. Again, on the I'm college sorry, scale, I love it. like I, this would be, mm. this is actually perfect for if you're a college student. Mm. Mm. After you've been out, you get you home know, when you're mm. singing is good. I know, and mm. you need to like just get. That you got to just soak up some stuff in your tummy. That's what this is good for. I will say, too, I bet it's like even better when it's like fresh out the oven. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. If you live directly upstairs from a pizza hut, you should get this. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Every here's, day. Here's what I'm... Well, that seems like a recipe for danger and oh, disaster. Um, what I would say is this would be a really good appetizer because then I do like now I'm craving actual pizza and I want a big fat slice of pizza, mm-hmm. pizza stuff crust, please. And that's what they mean this to be, right? Like I a hope pizza so. appetizer, pizza tizer. I'm all in. It that's, is way that's good. a four. That's definitely a four out of five. for Okay. Me. So we like to rate things on a Cobra scale. Five <laughs> Cobras being the best zero being I can't even believe that they call that food. Bradley, you're giving it four out of five. Definitely a four out of five. I'm actually going to also give it a four out of five. Four Cobras out of five. And Sonny, who was not as delighted by it. How many Cobras for you? 1.75. Oh, 1.75. Sonny. I mean, listen. The cr- the the crust ain't doing... They, they, okay, the cheese okay. and crust didn't Here, turn this, your crank. This might be my problem. I was a cheese it fanatic like oh. i had all the flavors and i think i was going in thinking that it was really it just tastes like bread to me like oh, flour bread okay. to you me. wanted it to be, be more i wanted to be like well no you know how a cheese it is like really cheesy yeah i wanted it to be cheese more cheesy more you cheesy. need more cheese on the I cheese i need more cheese on the cheese it. Yeah, i feel like the yeah. internal cheese cancels out the external cheese and i think okay. that's part yeah, of the problem like i would i would okay. lay on one of these so. um <laughs> yep the buttery crust is where it's mm-hmm. at man okay kudos to you pizza hut you know thank you for this delightful experience here's what i would ask pizza hut to consider going forward is how about a cheese it crust pizza i agree with you right i think that's a great idea yeah i also then would like them to do a doritos crust pizza oh i also well yeah i mean i'm going for like townhouse cracker pizza like i got all kinds of ideas if they're gonna do this like snack situation i think there's the sky's the limit right when we, when we come back, we have got some uh, celebrities behaving badly to tell you about. We call them D-bags. We're going to tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to highlight them on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. We highlight their behavior so as to uh, show to you what you should not be doing in life. And we have a name for these celebrities behaving badly. And that name is... D-Bang. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who is your D-Bag? Oh, thanks for asking. Oh, is it Kim Kardashian? Kim Kardashian. Because Kim Kardashian revealed on the Food God podcast, the Food God pod, that is the podcast that is hosted by Jonathan Chabon, mm-hmm. her bestie. Um, she she revealed that um, she did something before the birth of her first child um, because she wasn't quite prepared for the big reveal. And that thing yeah. that she did, she delayed the birth of her child two hours so that she could get an emergency manicure. Oh, that seems delightful. Yeah. She said, uh, she said the day that North was born started in chaos. She told her family, I need a McGriddle at McDonald's. <laughs> Well, I imagine if you're a pregnant mom, you know, you're entitled to have your McRiddle. Well, okay. I'm guessing that she was having a C-section 
And oh, I so it was planned know, experience. yep, yeah. I know from experience that a McGriddle sandwich is going to de- is going to delay that mm. uh, C section, and you might vomit on the nurse. I'm not saying how I yeah. know this; I just know this. Mm. You might have, you I concur. Might it have happened. vomited a McGriddle. Yeah, it okay. wasn't a McGriddle, but it was it was the but there Good, was vomit. That been- <laughs> yeah, I'm a hundred percent sure about the puke. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so after she got, so she got the big griddle, and she was like, then she need, needed to go get a bikini wax. So then she went and got a bikini wax. What? Um, and well, then, you know, people are going to be all up in that area. Not with a C-section, you know, and you can just, I'm and they sure shave you anyway. Kim Kardashian was probably just like, I'm going to do things on my watch, and uh, the baby is secondary. True that. Well, apparently... Uh, then she noticed that her nails were not the appropriate color of pink to welcome her girl into the world. What is the appropriate color of pink? Pink at all. Uh, they were like, you have to deliver today. And she said, my nails were like dark, like dark. <laughs> and um, I, it was, she said, it was when I was still in my Lincoln Park after dark phase of nails or like my burgundy nails. Okay. Are your eyes about to roll out of your head yet? Yeah, I mean, this is this is so peak Kim Kardashian. Like, the biggest concern of her day was that she needed a McGriddle, which I honestly could relate to. But then her next thought is, like, my nails and my, yeah. my hoochie cooch need to be presentable. Exactly. For what, we're not sure. Because um, so sa- ain't nobody looking at your nails and your... <clears throat> on the day that you're going to give birth via C-section. Or the people who are looking at your nails and your... <clears throat> Are used to looking at all kinds of, yeah, and yeah. they don't really care. I can see in her head though, like uh, you know, th- which I don't know what that says about the world we live in. That I can totally see inside of her head, and to her, it's like, yeah, but these people, I'm Kim Kardashian. Like somebody's gonna tell, and somebody's gonna say, like she's got a huge experience going on down there. <laughs> it's very crazy. So she, so she called her doctor, Kim Kardashian, called her doctor. Uh, and said, are you sure I have to deliver right now? Can you give me like two hours? And he was like, fine, meet me in two hours. Um, so she went and got a light pink manicure so that she could go to the hospital and deliver her baby. Okay. That is D-bag also, behavior. Also, was this, I don't know if this was the first episode of his podcast, because I know she was on the first episode or what episode this is. Of Again, I would just like to remind you, Jonathan Chabon slash Food Gods podcast about Kim Kardashian's hoochie cooch. Yeah, it's not about food. How is that about what? So that, um, but also like, why, what, how did the, was he asking questions about it? I don't really know because I'm not going to try to listen to the dumb thing. Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) Because I like life too much. Mm -hmm. It's true. No, I totally get it. And also, can we just talk about this? Because mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, I've known you for a long time. <laughs> I don't think you want to hear the whole story of any of my birth. If it was relevant to like a conversation we were having, I most certainly would, because that's an experience I don't have. So I would be curious. I would not, though, be curious about like, what color are your nails on the no, day that you gave birth? I just can't Did imagine you? a scenario wherein the two of us would just be like chilling. No, the McGriddle I was all in on. I'd be like, right. what did you eat like that, that morning? Part, do oh, you want to know what I eat? ate the morning of yeah. the birth of my twins? That you then vomited. Mm, that I then gave to a, uh, one of the nurses who, <laughs> poor lady. Oh, she, 
this is a true story and makes me sound like a D-bag, but it's true. Yeah. She said to me, do you know that there's a Colleen Lindstrom on the radio? Oh, God. And my doctor said... <laughs> and that's when you wish you had gotten a manicure. Exactly. My, and my doctor said, she knows because she's her. And it was right about then that I turned and looked at that nurse to smile and gave her more. Mm. Um, but what I had had for <laughs> breakfast that day was toast and one egg. Oh, good yeah, for you. So there you that go. sounds like a nice Not a McGriddle. Breakfast. I wish I would have had a McGriddle. I could go for a McGriddle. Right now. The blueberry one. I don't even know if it's blueberry. There's a blueberry one? I, there might have been. And I maybe just it was in my head. I thought they were standard. I panic when I get to the front of the drive through line. I don't think ah. it's blueberry. It's actually <laughs> maple right? But yes. wasn't there a blueberry at some I don't point? know. I don't remember. Again, I panic at the front of the drive through line because I'm like, I only can order the thing I always ordered. They're yeah. not going to give me time to look. I know. I, <laughs> welcome to my world. I panic every time I go to a fast food drive up or even yeah. like to get coffee. I'm like, I don't I know. I know. It's and the no, worst. I don't have your perks club. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Caribou. I would tell you if I do. Yeah. Okay, Bradley, do you have a D-bag? I do. And oh, oh my God, look, it's Food God. Why Jonathan Shaba? This was totally unplanned, honestly. It really now, was. this is not about his podcast. He actually appeared on Wendy Williams a couple days back. Um, I did not watch, but I've since read the account because that's what we do in this world. Jonathan Shaba, again, is Kim Kardashian's bestie. And he's my D-bag today because of the things that he talked about on Wendy Williams this week. He um, he went to, you know, show off some food and talk about his podcast, Blobbity Blue. But it was the stuff that he taught or it's it's something specific about how he came to be food. God, that drove me into fits oh, of dear. ecstatic uh, rage. And that is that it was Kanye West who, quote, played a major role in his Food God Instagram. And something clicked in my head when I read that headline. I was like, well, of course he did. Because first of all, Food God, anyone? Oh, my gosh. Right? Like, yes. Kanye, the, the you know, the guy who refers to himself as, you know, Jesus, Jesus essentially. Um of course, his advice to Jonathan Chabon would be like, you got to do that food God thing. But I'll tell you the way he tells the story. So um, he said that he had suggested the name uh, or that someone he doesn't attribute the name itself to Kanye. But he says somebody suggested the name food God to him. But it was Kanye that he wanted to thank for giving him the courage to make that his Instagram name. Okay. So he went on Wendy Williams to say that Kanye gave him the courage is that, to call okay, himself so Food God. This is so stupid. Um, he oh said, my gosh. He said that um, when, or not he said, uh, the person that watched said that Wendy was very impressed with this account, but specifically the part where he talked about how Kanye West um, signed off on it. So Jonathan says that he had been considering the name Food God, pitched it to Kanye while they're, uh, they were Why at the airport. You- what? Why do you have to run things by Kanye? Like, why does Kanye have to, like, sign off on your dumb... But what I love about this, get, <sighs> get ready for this, because... So the way I'm selling it to you is, Kanye, like... Blessed it. Right? So that must be... There must have been a meaningful exchange, and, like, how did this all go down? He he explains that they were all at the airport. It was Kanye, Kim, uh, and Jonathan Chabon, and they were just sitting at the airport waiting for a flight, but they were trying to avoid the massive paparazzi, and they wanted to get some food. And that's when he heard <laughs> Kanye West yell the immortal phrase, Hey, food god, can you get me a Diet Coke? <laughs> and that's when he knew. 
And that's when he knew, quote, what did you just call me? Food God? And that was it. It was done. Okay. Okay. So there is nothing about this story that is like giving me anything that I wanted. It's not like Kanye was like, Jonathan, I want to sit you down and tell you that you are a meaningful person who needs to bring this food journey to people's lives. No, it was like, he was hey, like, food God, he's like I'm t- thinking about calling myself Food God. 30 seconds later, Kanye turns like, hey, Food God, give me some food. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine how ridiculous their lives are? And I mean, when I say their lives, I mean all the Kardashians plus Kanye plus Jonathan Chabon. That like this actually is how they operate in yeah, the world. This is their world. And yet it, again, it's, it's played, it's, rec- it's reported, it's covered, it's appreciated, it's consumed by the public as it's, as if it's something, you know, particularly deep or meaningful. That's why I really question this whole Sunday service business. And I would love, maybe we should just like, you know, throw on some like, uh, earth tones and, uh, you know, try to sneak into one. Because I have the feeling that it's a very similar experience where you think you're going to get one thing, but it's really what you expected the whole time, which was not very deep and not much particularly unique. I don't have any question about that. I think it is not very deep and not very unique. And I also think, and I've said this before, that it is less about the worship of anybody but Kanye West. Yeah. And... Lest you hear the words he says or any of the Kardashians say and think that they are um, worshiping something else because the music they sing does. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. Believe me and trust me. It is all about Kanye West and Kanye West getting attention and Kanye West getting worship and praise. And that is not what that's supposed to be about. And you know what's what's bizarre about that is it's not even the the frustrating thing for me is not that Kanye West because, you know, he's a. He's an actual talented artist. Kim Kardashian. Is Kim. Is Kim Kardashian. She gets around. Food God is. He's Food Jonathan God. But it's that people then look up to that as if that is the, you know, the perfect expression of like success. Yeah. And it's like, but you're not actually doing anything. Like if you go through his Food God Instagram account, it's literally just pictures of him holding um, bizarre food items that he's not particularly responsible for. It's not that he gives you some sort of thorough review on what these items are. Mm-mm. It's really just, and they're cool pictures. Right. But sure. there's nothing particularly unique that he's adding other than his face right. um, to this experience, which is just kind of a, you know. You want to see somebody who can do some stuff with food? Go over to Stephanie March's Instagram and read <laughs> exactly. the poetry she wrote yeah. about the cheese it pizza that we just ate oh in the God. last segment. Seriously. And you will see, you will see what real food love is all about. Yeah, exactly. She's the real food god. She is. <laughs> She's the food goddess. After this on the Colleen and Bradley show, when we come back, we got a debug double down. Bradley's got some words. Oh, we got some feelings. After this on my talk 1071. Well, um, we have to, we just have to do it. It's Friday. We're spicy. Mm. Uh, this is the Colleen and Bradley show. <laughs> my like talk 1071. Pizza. Streaming, yeah, exactly. Streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, And uh, we just had an abundance of D-bags today, so we had to double down on the D-bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. 
I have another D-bag. Are you fine with that? Yes. Have you heard this story about Mark Ronson? Yes. He Ugh. came out as a sapiosexual. What does that mean? Okay. So I was, this is one of those stories where I approached it one way and then ran away screaming in another direction. Mm-hmm. So you this, were like, I'm going to do my homework on this. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's your obligation. Yeah. When you're confronted with something different, you go, hmm, tell me more about that. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, and so I started to Google sapiosexual because to me, do you know what my first thought was? What? Does this mean he likes to have sex with human beings? Yeah, because the sapio being to, a homo sapien. Yeah. That's and what I, was I thought. Like, and I was like, well, like, do we need to say that that's what we do? Because that's right. mostly just, I think, a That's given. standard. Yeah. It's generally. But look, I'm, you know, far be it for me. I realize it's ironic that I have questions about other people's sexualities. Nonetheless. So I, I Google it, um, and there's not a ton of information. There is some Wikipedia stuff. So can I tell you yeah, please. Uh, what I came well, up with? Well, first of all, explain what his explanation of it was. Okay, so I'll give you, here's what he said. So he went on Good Morning Britain and came out, quote unquote, as sapiosexual on the air. He is uh, a 44-year-old music producer. Of course, he's behind people like Lady Gaga, and he was behind um, Shallow in particular, you'll remember, Uptown Mm -hmm. Funk with Bruno Mars. He's a big deal. He says that um, he discovered the term backstage uh, when the talk show aired a segment on sapiosexuality prior to his interview. Oh, okay. So... Okay, so he'd really really, uh, been... Working through some emotions around this for He'd been ten struggling minutes. with his sexuality for 10 minutes. <laughs> Quote, <laughs> now we know you're single. This is host Kate Haraway. She asked him. Um, uh, she asked Ronson, who'd separated from his wife, French actress Josephine de la Boom. Okay, I gotta look her up, by the way. Quote, uh, now we know you're single and Mark has got very involved in our debate backstage. You are identifying as a man who likes intellect. Well, what does that mean? And he says... Yeah, I don't. I didn't know there was a word for it. We're all arguing backstage in the dressing room with a couple of your producers, and yes, I feel like I identify as a sapiosexual. And so she goes, "So you're coming out as a sapiosexual?" He says, "Out and proud." Okay, so that's the extent of him, quote unquote, coming out. Okay, here's what I think's happening. I think the world we are in such a wonderful place, insofar as. Um, the world wants to be accommodating and thoughtful and kind mm-hmm. about all sorts of God's creation. Yes. And so we approach things gingerly, lovingly, and with care. And um, however, so then I read that story. I was like, well, it doesn't sound like he was like struggling with something. And then he like identified with something. And then he like came out and talked about right. it. Right. You know, in the way, for example, that I knew from a very early age that I was different. It took me years to figure that out. I learned society wanted um, very little to do with that and therefore struggled with it for years, had to come to terms with it, did, told people like there was this whole there long was like an process. Arc. And it took all how many like years and years and yeah, years. Not until I was nineteen did I tell anyone. So it took him 19 seconds. Basically. So then I'm like, well, but again, I don't know. Sometimes people are struck with the spirit of the whatever. Sure. So um, far be it for me to tell anybody else what to do on their journey. So then I, I Google it. And here's what I find on Wikipedia. Quote, sapiosexuality describes attraction to the intelligence of another person. The word sapio means I discern or understand in Latin. Sapiosexual identifying individuals can also be gay, straight, or bisexual. 
That is, sapiosexuality is not a sexual orientation. He must have missed that part. Okay. It first gained mainstream attention in 2014 when OkCupid okay added it to one of its several new sexual orientation uh, and gender identity options. Uh, so basically, it sounds like it's like you could be straight and sapiosexual. You can be gay and straight or uh, and sapiosexual. You can be a bisexual and sapiosexual. Sapiosexual allegedly just means, according to Wikipedia and Mark Ronson, that you're attracted to someone's mind first, uh-huh. not their body, not okay. their physical attraction. You are attracted to their intellect first. That is your primary. You know what that is? That's a fancy pickup line is what that is. <laughs> It it's is so true. It's like because I don't. Be- I am not Mm-mm. attracted to your body. I am attracted to your mind. That's how. That's somebody trying to get in your pants. Exactly. That's yeah. what they're saying. Is I'm attracted to your pants off, <laughs> and I'm going to say it's your brain. So because I don't believe this for one second until I see Mark Ronson roll up on the red carpet <laughs> with some smart, hideous troll. <laughs> some. I'm not getting on board because it's not going to happen. I'm not getting on board with this. Yeah. Hi. And here's oh, I am so attracted to your brain. Are you here? Let's kiss. And this is what I'm irritated by. Oh, geez. <laughs> now I got real. I wasn't anticipating See? having an emotional yeah. reaction to this in this Go. way. But here's why I'm this frustrates me is that that now like I feel like because Mark Ronson has said that there are people who are like oh maybe I'm a sapiosexual so and now suddenly you know, we're going to be like they're because now they just Thanksgiving want- this year mm-hmm. your cousin uh, Janine is going to look to the table during a moment because she has never gotten enough attention because she is the middle child yep. and she is going to look to your aunt Francine and be like <laughs> I just have to say right now that I am a sapiosexual and I don't care what any of you think. I have to be myself. And everybody at the table is going to be like, oh my goodness, how long have you been struggling with this? I'm so sorry you didn't feel like you could tell us. And then they're going to go home and Google and they're going to see what it means. Yeah. And they're going to be like, wait a minute. So you're not actual. That's not like it's not like, for example, okay, because here's where I don't want. This is what I was afraid of. When I first learned about uh-huh. sapiosexual, first of all, I was kicking myself for not knowing this. I feel like as a member of the tribe of unusual sexual orientations, I say unusual because society said that for years. Um, I thought I should know this. This should be a part of my understanding. Right. Um, you know, because there are things like uh, pansexuality. You'll hear that more and more. Right. Yep. Um, you'll hear asexuality. Um you know, bisexuals for so long have been thought of as, you know, different and weird and not like uh, the rest of of humanity. And now we are starting to see these all as so sexual like, orientations. Tell me more and about this sapiosexuality. Yeah. yeah. You, you, no, you can't. I think what I hear you saying is no. No. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm not alone and you're not alone in reacting to this because even in the Wikipedia, it says several commentators have stated that sapiosexuality is elitist, discriminatory, and pretentious. It is. It's all of those things. <laughs> so, if somebody comes at you and says they're a sapiosexual, I tried. I tried. Just no. Just to pick up. I'm line. really attracted to your brain. Oh, when we come now back, can we sleep together? Exactly. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, oh, you know what? We just want to celebrate the 35th anniversary of a really good show and uh, mostly theme songs. Yes, we do. We'll be back after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. 
Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.